0: Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 284 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are in 1 Peter chapter 4 today and our focus is on trusting God in the midst of fiery trials and walking in freedom but not unrestrained freedom. So daily we get into the Word of God one or two chapters at a time. Our goal is to understand the Word, to read it, and listen to it, and follow it. And really, we try to focus on maybe one or two major questions per day of what the Word brings up so that we can think it through and know how to obey it. Our website is Bible2021.com, Bible2021.com. And as always, I invite you to tell somebody about the show today. Well, First Peter chapter 4 is our focus chapter for the day, and every time I even just glance at the chapter, Peter's words on fiery trials just basically just jump off the page at me. He says in verse 12, Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal, or trial, comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of the Messiah, so that you may also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of his glory." Well, one of the major things we need to learn from the Word of God is that fiery trials or ordeals will come. We aren't supposed to be surprised by them. I've said before, I'm almost always surprised when these trials come, but I shouldn't be. They are part and parcel of the Christian life. They're expected, and they're doing a good thing. When we go through these sufferings, says Peter, we will also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of Jesus's glory when He comes back. So, just going through the trials trials prepares us to be ready and rejoicing at the return of Jesus. If somebody has told you that the following Christ, the Christian life, is going to protect you from trials, that person has lied to you. Think about First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, which says, "...we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you concerning your faith, so no one will be shaken by these afflictions." For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. In fact, when we were with you, we told you in advance that we were going to experience affliction, and as you know, it happened. Well, Paul says, hey, look, don't be surprised. This stuff is going to happen. In fact, we were appointed to it. It's predestined. God has decided before we were even born that we were going to go through afflictions or trials or ordeals, whatever you want to call them, so uh, they're coming, as Jesus promised us in John sixteen thirty three. In this world, you will have tribulation, but of course, take heart. He has overcome the world. Now, what pa- a part of this passage I have read before, but not really noticed nearly enough is the last verse, verse nineteen, which says, "So then, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful Creator while doing what is good." Well, we see two things in that little verse. One, we will suffer according to God's will. Now, again, it's a difficult pill to swallow, but absolutely true. As first Peter has already reminded us, Fiery trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So these trials, as hard as they are, are producing a good work in us. They're producing genuine faith. Well, how can we behave ourselves when in the middle of the trials, especially when they're grinding us down? And Peter uses a word here that is really crucial. In trust. When we are going through a trial, we are to entrust ourselves to God. Well, maybe you remember the end of the book of Acts when Paul and his companions are on a boat on the ocean that is being pounded by a terrible storm. Ultimately, the captain and the sailors had to pull down the sails, lift up the steering mechanism of the ship, and just let themselves be driven along by the storm. They couldn't resist it, and if they did resist it, it probably would have broken the boat to pieces, and we are like that boat in the storm, except we aren't trusting our lives to capricious weather, but to a God who is working all things for our good and his glory. Well, the Greek word here for entrust is kind of interesting. The King James version translated, uh, translates it something along the lines of those going through trials should commit the keeping of their souls to God. And the original word is paratithemy It's literally meaning is to sit down or kneel down. And it was sometimes used in the same way that we use the word deposit, as in depositing something into the bank. In other words, Peter is telling us, to deposit or commit our suffering to God, trusting him to make something out of it that's good, to use our fiery, fiery trial for our long-term good and God's glory. Well, second topic, Christians have a lot of freedom in a New Testament era. And we are not under a long set of restrictive laws and rules. Paul says in Galatians 5 that we are called to freedom. Verse 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And then verse 13 of Galatians 5 says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. Well, Jesus criticized the Pharisees for overburdening the people with many excessive rules that just weren't for, from God. In Matthew 23, 4, he says, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. He's referring to the many... Excess laws of the Pharisees and the rules that they propagated. Well, and Paul follows up what Jesus said in Matthew 23 in Romans 8 by declaring that Jesus himself set us free from the law and those extra rules. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. But Peter is going to show us today that we should not abuse that freedom to engage in wild and reckless behavior that goes against God's will. Uh, He starts off by saying in verse 3, There's already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do carrying on in unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless idolatry. Instead, Peter says, we should be sober-minded, meaning that we don't just avoid an excess in alcohol, we avoid an excess in anything and everything that could be harmful or sinful. first Peter 4, 7 and 8 says this, The end of all things is near, therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. I like that term sober-minded. As Spurgeon says, do not get intoxicated with anything, neither with pride, nor with covetousness, nor with the cares of this world. Maintain your equilibrium, stand steadfast and firm. And that's very wise counsel. We're not merely supposed to avoid an excess of alcohol, but we're to avoid, even though we have freedom, an excess of anything that would be harmful. Does a Christian have a freedom to eat a donut? Uh, Yes, but excessive eating of donuts is going to cause problems and it would be under the category of unrestrained behavior. Does a Christian have the freedom to drink a glass of wine? I believe so. That's pretty biblical. But excessive drinking of a glass of wine, is of course, will leave us not sober-minded. We have freedom, but not the freedom, says Peter, to carry on an unrestrained behavior. Instead, my dear friends, the greatest freedom we have is to be sober-minded Well, let's read our passage in total. First Peter chapter four, verse one. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh arm yourselves also with the same understanding because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin in order to live the remaining time in the flesh no longer for human desires but for God's will for there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do carrying on in unrestrained behavior evil desires drunkenness orgies carousing, and lawless idolatry they are surprised that you don't join them in the flood of wild living and they slander you they will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead so that although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then... Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Amen and amen. We close with our Bible memory passage for the month of October. It is 1 John 4, 7 and 8 and I invite you to say it along with me. Dear friends, let us love one another. Because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Amen. And may the Lord enable us to love each other from the heart and maintain a constant love for each other and a great witness to the surrounding world. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.